Hey, Dad, did you know that Jan took one of your classes once? <laughs> what? No. It was in 1994, and we were out at World Impact Retreat Center, and you stole my lunch. You hid my lunch. <laughs> oh, now I have to. Oh, now I have to repent. Oh, I don't know. I thought it was quite fun. Uh, I was surprised, and ever since then, I've been stealing people's lunches. Oh, that's what, good. What did you do? Is this a habit of yours to practice, Dad? You take people's lunch. Did I eat it? What What happened to the lunch? You just hid it, and then I had to go look for it. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. 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 Are you ready? Sure. What? Uh, ready. Yeah. Tell us what we do. What you do. Okay. Well, I'll tell people what we have. We have Dan Johnson, Steve Falver, Richard Foster, and we get to talk about Christian meditation and work with some questions that people have sent in for us. Good. Good. Sound Good. Well, I just want to say that I was so pleased and impressed with what Jan did and what Steve did and what you did, Nate, in the earlier weeks that hmm. I see no reason for me to even be here. <laughs> Good. Okay. <laughs> but I will. I will be here just for the fellowship. And I promise not to steal your, your lunch, Jan. Oh, I'm so relieved. <laughs> <laughs> Makes me feel better. Yes, indeed. <laughs> okay, so are you ready? Sure. Ready. How would Jesus have meditated? Uh, I would say very well. <laughs> <laughs> I would say somewhere outside on a hill, um, possibly with a view uh, I, I, I envision Jesus meditating a lot in nature, for sure. Certainly taking long walks. Yes, yes. Long, long, far, a lot more than us. Yeah. What do you think, Jan? Well, I'm thinking about Sabbath school and what that was like mm-hmm. and how they think that they had learned by memory a lot of the passages. Right. And so I guess I'm thinking... You know, they think that, um, well, Sepphoris was like four or five miles away where Herod was building his plaza or the theater and the palace and everything. And I'm thinking of 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 these guys making that walk every day and him going over, going over the the passages that he knew, the Psalms that he knew. Mm. And um, I, I think of meditating on the run. I do that a lot in the Home Depot line. Besides right. doing regular Lexio, I, I seem to do a lot in, in line at wherever I am or, or if I have a long drive to just, you know, go and stay in a, in, in a verse for a while and then uh, an idea and then see where it cross-pollinates. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. I also, I also see Jesus meditating um, really on the, the presence of God as revealed in the people that Jesus was with. So there's all these images of Jesus just being present with people and um, kind of seeing people and noticing people. And so I, 
I wonder if that's part of the kind of continual meditation was just being really present and close with people coming alongside, letting the woman anoint his feet and um, going to the son and the father and just all these images are with people. So that kind of on the run, as Jan said, movement, and then also stopping meditating God's presence with people seems like another, another piece. That's interesting, Steve, because we talk in spiritual direction training about doing Lexio Mm -hmm. on your directee. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. Seeing them, seeing what stands out. Yeah. Think of the story with the woman at the well and the kind of insights that Jesus had into her. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. So uh, uh, that's a meditation on the run for sure. Mm -hmm. In the interaction. Yeah. This ties in with another question someone had is how about meditation while doing other activities? Like while I'm making dinner, my time is divided. Mm-hmm. Jan, that's a question for you. <laughs> I, I would say that um, I especially, when I go hiking a lot, the, in hiking, I'm, I'm usually, I have a passage in my head and I'm talking to God through that passage. Um, bike riding, Nathan, you and I have talked about that a lot. Um, sometimes I think if I'm going to be cooking, it's more like um, it'll be just the phrase, like uh, instead of a passage, it would be something like, <laughs> well, not so much when I'm cooking, but um, <laughs> when I'm having a computer issue, okay, that will keep me in perfect peace. <laughs> mind is stayed on thee, because theoretically I trust in thee. Because <laughs> <laughs> though the storm rages, peace be still. That in the midst of what I hear you saying is this storm. I mean that kind of phrase: peace be still, peace be still, yeah. running in. In the background or trying to move to the foreground of whatever. Good for the both of you. When I'm trying to cook, (laughs) believe me, I have other phrases in my mind. (laughs) (laughs) So do those who are eating your food. (laughs) (laughs) That's why why I have to take people's lunches. (laughs) That's right. But the general idea, I mean, I think if I could get a little bit into the question, the idea that we can still be in this posture of listening, of working with a text or kind of a prayerful listening posture, whether we're just sitting in silence, right, right, on the porch, or whether we're washing dishes. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, think of Brother Lawrence of the Resurrection and... His job was mm-hmm. washing pots and pans. And he came to the place where he could hold the presence of God in such tranquility as if he was at the Holy Eucharist when he's washing pots and pans. And now he also said it took 10 years to come <laughs> to that place. <laughs> but... Uh, 
I, I'm still saying other things to the pots and pans, but that's okay. <laughs> it, it comes along. <laughs> yeah, but it's trying to allow that, that kind of stillness or silence to move with us. Like, so we, the phrase for me is become kind of portable sanctuaries so that, that we don't have to stop, like you said, Nathan, or be quiet or still. We have to live life. And yet we can also be this portable sanctuary that takes the presence of Christ with us, which Jesus said, come and be in you. I'm going to come and be with you. I am the father and you are going to be one. And so it's not like that isn't the reality. It's just that awareness of being that portable sanctuary that then goes into the crazy and hectic busyness of the world. And yet is able to have something that kind of stirs us or, or goes with us. Um, Again, no, Steve, just before, I entered into this. I was trying to make a reservation uh, for a motel, and uh, there were three different motels. Uh, and I and and the pricing and how the pricing changes from the weekend to the middle of the week. And uh, and I'm going, uh, Lord, guide me through this so that I don't just slam the phone down and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and we, we find a way to right. get through this and get that reservation made. And I, and I finished it just a few minutes before this. Yeah. But that's so that simple turn, I hear you say, Lord guide me through this process. Right. Lord guide me through this process comes out of this place of listening or awareness and it, and it yeah. can then change your attitude, your presence, your thoughts. As you're it, doing the reservation, it does. it does. I was even able to uh, wish her a good day, right? <laughs> <laughs> and noticing the person, right? Yeah, yeah. Nice. nice. I think that's part of um, Psalm 16:8. I keep the Lord always before me, because He is at my right hand. I shall not be shaken. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. Yeah. We don't have to overcomplicate this, do we? No. That's that's the most important thing. One person asked, how about for those who are more intellectual and less emotional? That the idea of kind of sitting in silence with Jesus is not something that they're necessarily comfortable with. What would you say to them? Also engage the mind. I think it right. I think it is, you know, it isn't it isn't a only mind or only heart. It's a mind and heart and physical body and spirit, right? All of the, and so engage the mind. I, I mean, I sometimes just have to do that. I have to have a phrase, like we've said, or a word that isn't necessarily image or emotive, but is mine. And just thinking about that phrase, I think for, for intellectual folks, that can really be helpful to have. Um, it's good to start. Think of uh, Frederick W. Faber's wonderful uh, phrase, only to sit and think of God. Oh, what a joy it is to think the thought, to breathe the name. Earth has no higher bliss. Hmm. Isn't that nice? <laughs> and it, it helps to sort of warm up. Um, my sitting still usually occurs as that fourth phase of Lexio. So I've been in a passage and I, I've seen Jesus and I've imagined what 
Jesus looks like based on really good intellectual study, which leads to really good meditation. Uh-huh. And then I, then I find I can sit for a long time and, and just rest. And it's almost a, a, a worship to be able to do that, to be able to, to do that for other people. And that doesn't sound like the questioner. It helps a lot to listen to music mm-hmm. or to sing. Mm-hmm. But for a lot of people, that, that's a great warm-up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and maybe it's not categories. that This practice yeah. is only for these people or these people that we right. just enter in, we bring who we are. Begin. And I think that's, that's a part of what I, I, I would encourage, Nathan, you know, is to say, who am I? Who has God created me to be and how will God meet me in that? Not who do I want to be? How do I want to be like Jan or be like Nathan or be like Richard? But no, God has created me with intellect or God has created me with more emotion or God has created me more physicality. Go for a walk or a bike ride and start there. Start how, how God has created us. That's, that's incredible. That's wonderful. So don't fight it, but work with God in who we are created to be. That's what I would encourage. And remember, in all of this, we're becoming God's friend, and we are learning to take on the character, the character of Christ. Mm -hmm. I'm trying a new little experiment at night before going to sleep. It's just a CD of music, like Jan said. And these are old hymns. Uh, you all wouldn't even know the words, but I know the words, see. And, and I'll go to sleep with that, allowing the words mm-hmm. to form me that changes the heart and the mind. I'm not, I'm not worried about it too much. I'm just yeah. allowing, allowing that to have its effect. And we're asking the Spirit of God to be involved in that because with med- Christian meditation, it's hearing and obeying. So there, mm-hmm. there is the change of the character, the change of the mind, and and that brings out a different kind of action of obedience to the ways of God. That's good. And kind of to follow that up, someone asked if, if you guys would describe different practices you have. Oh. And, and I, I mean, there's something that I always kind of push against that question, but I'll finish what they said. I said, I like to hear how other people do things, how frequent, how long, what posture, sitting, walking, commuting, where is there a word, a phrase, any tools? So now I've, I'll preface all that with because I and I think it fits what we were saying earlier is that we start with who we are and our giftings, and everyone's going to be a little bit different. And so sometimes I don't know if it's helpful to hear what others are doing. But would anyone like to take a stab at that? <laughs> Go for it, Steve. Well, for me, some of some of the practices I have is just to try and uh, center my mind or, or come into the presence or be aware of the presence. So um, sometimes I will actually, many have talked about this, just write down as a distraction comes, have paper and pen to write it down to kind of release it. 
or I will visualize a bookshelf. It's kind of a weird one, but I have this bookshelf in my mind that if, if a task comes to mind, I'll kind of write it on the, the edge of a book and I'll set it on the shelf and say, I'll come back to that later. Right. So some, some ways to release the things that, that come into my mind or just say to the Lord, okay, that distraction came into my mind. Is that what I'm supposed to focus on as I'm centering is a practice that I'll use. My son came to my mind. Oh, maybe I'm to pray for my son as I'm trying to center in meditation. Um, so having some of those just little ways to, um, I used to call them distractions and I'm not sure that's the right phrase because that makes it feel really negative, but trying to deal with the distractions when they come um, instead, just really um, centering and being attentive is first step for me. That's great. Jan, how about you? Well, my general practice has been to do um, Lexio every morning and Generally, I write my prayers because otherwise when I'm praying, my mind goes visiting. You know, you're, mm-hmm. you're praying one minute and you're writing a grocery list the next. Um, and that's very helpful to me. Um, when I, I have one morning a week where I run off to the Samaritan Center to volunteer. And that morning, I just do leftovers. And I look at what I've done maybe the previous day or whatever And that's helpful. I also believe it's really important to stay with the passage until you and God are done talking about it. So I've stayed in a passage for a week or more because I felt like God and I were still talking about it and there was more to do. A suggestion I might make to someone, because I've found this to be very helpful, is to look at the For Everyone series by Tom Wright. and. What he does is he takes a passage that, and he usually does 10 verses or less, which is the, the way that normal, normally people talk about doing Lexio. And he has about three pages of content. And sometimes he will even go off on the Ignatian spin and help you picture it. Um, to be able to, what, what I would do when I have done that is I read the passage in my Bible, my version, and then I read his translation, and then I read what he says, sometimes I don't even read all three pages. I already have something I want to talk to God about. And maybe the next day I'll pick it up wherever it is. The, the trick there is that sometimes you can just stay with the study and not move on to meditation. But overall, I find it to be a really helpful thing because he's doing the study for you. And so you can move right into meditation. But, but I have found that to be really helpful and he has a he has his for everyone books for every book in the new testament wow so that makes it really easy i've also done that with the william barclay series Uh and just let that sort of be the you know helping me into it let me suggest a thing we haven't mentioned which is uh, lexio as it relates to the devotional classics Mm -hmm. okay Uh, I have in front of me The Imitation of Christ by Thomas Akempis. And in book three of The Imitation, that just means section three, it's not a new book. Uh, That whole uh, section, that whole book, 
is this dialogue between Jesus and the disciple. And, uh, and to just go through that carefully and prayerfully over a period of time can help us a lot to see. Let me just read a little piece. Uh, it's chapter 11 of book three. Jesus, my dear friend, you still have many things to learn which you have not yet fully grasped. The disciple answers, what are these things, Lord? And listen to this first one. You should make my will your own. Stop being enamored of yourself. (laughs) Eagerly do what I ask of you. (laughs) And it goes on with this dialogue back and forth between Jesus and the disciple. A lot of fun. So what do you do with that, with those words? Just, well, I mean, we see ourselves in these. And so you can stop and say, oh, yes, that is me. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. But I I also might take those words and, you know, write write them on a sticky note and put them somewhere on my dash or on my desk or on my mirror or, um, on my screen. Um, Mm. or, or for me, one of the things that helps is maybe I'll take those words and like Jan said, I'll write them down, but then I might also take those words and email them or text them to someone else. Cause then that lets Uh them sink deeper within me. Um, I Uh might take those words, don't be enamored with yourself and, try and then draw what it might look like for me to be enamored. I'm not an artist, but I might draw those so that those words can sink deep uh-huh. into me. So, so yeah, it's taking those words. Don't be enamored with yourself. Don't be enamored with yourself. Sometimes music might come to mind. Or I'll have a little simple song that goes with them. Or So yeah, try and just let them continue to live. And again, it's not the words, right? It's the spirit letting those words grow within me uh-huh. or within uh-huh. us. And um, so trying to kind of figure out practical ways to keep them in front of me so that as I go throughout the day, I come back, they kind of are there in front of me and I can settle into the spirits speaking to me in those words. When I was a young mom, actually, Richard, I took your advice. I think this is in celebration where you talked about some people just have a more extended time once a week. Mm-hmm. and <laughs> boy, at the rate I was going, that was pretty good. And then what I would do is I, and this, Steve, you just reminded me of this. I would take my Bible then, and I would leave it open on the dining room table to that passage. Yeah. Yeah. And as I moved through the week, I would see it. And sometimes I would actually just walk by my Bible and pat it. And just kind of, Keep that idea with me because I, I could have an extended time once a week. And that, that was very helpful to me. It helped me feel like I, I, I sensed that I was still in touch with God, even though, oh, my gosh, you know. Uh, and that was the era of cloth diapers. So, okay. Yeah, sure, <laughs> sure. Yeah, I find that really helpful, having an extended time and maybe even in a different place. Again, that takes intentionality going somewhere regularly so that that place becomes 
an opening for me is, is part of it as well. And I know not everybody can do that during the day. If you, my schedule's a little more, has a little more freedom to it possibly than others. But uh-huh. I had, I had a friend who said they would just go sit in their car at their lunch break once a week. Yeah. They'd take their lunch and sit in their car in the parking lot once a week and have that be their kind of extended time of space. So I think it can happen wherever we are. How do we help set people free to not, I mean, Jan, you brought up a really good point where some people are in seasons in life where Mm -hmm. they're just, they're having to find a different rhythm and maybe the best they can do that day is just to walk by and pat the Bible and (laughs) smile. Yes. Yes. Uh, How do we help set people free to not get caught in the kind of, I have to do it this way or, you know, this person does it that way. So. I think that's the freedom, um, freedom and celebration piece. The, you know, again, we're talking about the celebration of disciplines, right? Or the freedom of something is trying to say to people, invite God to help you celebrate these things instead of just be yeah. weighted down by these things. So take meditation and go, God, how would you like me to enter this with an attitude of celebration, an attitude of, of energy instead of an attitude of oppression? Right. I've come to give you life, life to the full. Not I've come to give you life that's really heavy and burdensome. I want to be in it with you. So just actually, I would say, start with God, how do you want me to meditate? How do we meditate together? And just celebrate that instead of feel constrained by that and overwhelmed by that. I don't know. That's that's just part of part of it for me. It's good. It's good. That's what I was gonna say, Steve. I, I get accused of answering every question the same way. Ask Jesus. <laughs> Ask Jesus and see what goofy ideas come to you. Yeah, yeah. that's a great idea. Ask Jesus. <laughs> yeah. It is a good idea. It is. I like it. I yeah. like it. Yeah. And then just experiment, right? Just yeah. kind of have this open attitude of experimentation to say, I'm just going to try this. Yes. And... And I might even find somebody else to talk about this with. That's I find that helpful. You know, I'm, I have a friend that I can say, I was trying to meditate the other day, and I just kept getting distracted. What, what could I do? Have another person, kind of a spiritual friend or spiritual director, but spiritual friend that you can mm-hmm. process your experience with. Mm-hmm. I think that's helpful. And, so, and some, sometimes, you know, we can just let go. Let's, let's, go, let's go watch a baseball game. Mm-hmm. Let's... Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, let's enjoy March Madness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Play a little bit, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and not worry too much about it all. Yep. Yep. I like it. We, we've got just another minute left, but I wanted to give space to see if any of you wanted to ask a, a, another person a question. Oh. Well, one thing I was thinking of saying, and it would be interesting to hear your answers, is that in times of stress, what I find I usually do is I go back to a really old, familiar passage, and I just have to stay there for a while. Any other ideas for someone who's really in a state of stress? Hmm. I would say give yourself a lot of grace and be really gentle with yourself. Um, you know, I know when someone has had a major loss in their life or they've been through a trauma or just be really gentle with yourself and know that God is in it with you. And, 
right there in the bow of the boat, right? That image of Jesus being in the storm in the bow of the boat and the disciples are freaking out and Jesus is there the whole time, mm-hmm. present, says, yeah. peace, be still. Um, so be gentle with yourself if you're in a time of stress or strain, because I think Jesus is. Very good. I like that, Jan, of you go going back to pieces that have been helpful before. Mm-hmm. Easy connection. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you all very much for this. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's good to be with everyone.